you sitting comfortably? Then I shall begin. Hello, I'm here with Laura K. Buzz. We're back. We're doing we're doing more horror chat. Mm. We did one of these, and people seem to enjoy it, and we enjoyed it. So we're going to talk about some more horror things because occasionally horror is a, a genre that we engage with. Oh, I love a good I love a good horror. So yeah, it's been a little while since since we last spoke on this here yeah. on this here platform, and since then it was Halloween. It was Halloween indeed. Um, I think last time we recorded was just before Halloween, and we're a little while after now. So we've we've done tail ends of the spooky season. Yeah. Have you have you done anything for Halloween? Anything? Well, anything particularly I, interesting? Or oh, I went to I went to a, a friend's house for a nice little Halloween party. I went dressed as Lady Demetresque from uh, Resident Evil Village. Oh uh, wow. That, that is a real fun outfit. I feel very powerful. I walked around all night with a sort of um, metallic um, s- skeletal uh, wine glass that I carried around, feeling very powerful. <laughs> oh, marvellous. What about I, yourself? I didn't really do too much for, for the, ho- the Halloween itself, apart from we're at home and we... we um, I got to... I got to put on my my fursuit head for giving out candy and the kids were transfixed they were just going and it's like that that i can see how that would go over very well um i did one other thing which is that i went uh i went and visited the lovely thema sophie uh, oh, to do a horror movie watching night the day before Halloween, and that might be a good little segue into horror things we've watched. Excellent. Uh, I'm dying yeah. to know. So, I have one I want to start off on. Fascinating horror film that, like, I had always been aware of it for a long time, and its reputation had sort of put me off. And in hindsight, now having, you know, really watched it, I'm like, oh, I entirely understand. It's a great film. I entirely understand what was going on a decade ago. So, the film is Jennifer's Body. Have you ever watched this? I haven't. It's it's one that's just yeah. skipped me by. This is a, I believe, 2009 horror film with um, Megan Fox as one of the primary characters. And it is a really fantastic film that I suspect got a lot of its negative reception because it entirely marketed itself as, oh, hey, it's a horror film, but it's got sexy Megan Fox in not many clothes, was the marketing. And then you go watch it and you realise it's a horror film about the horrors of men not respecting boundaries and like not not so much about like the Megan Fox and her evil monstrous powers being the actual villain but as a oh we're actually very happy to see Megan Fox do big murders with demonic powers because I mean look they're all terrible men that deserve it also it's very gay it's a very gay film like I understand why a certain audience that was lured to watch this did not enjoy it, but it's great. I will have to check this yeah. out at some point. Yeah, so to, to give a little bit of the, the, the premise, um, you've got two female best friends as your sort of main characters. You've got uh, Megan Fox plays the titular Jennifer, who is, you know, in a lot of, like, uh, um, 
rom-coms or um that sort of thing or high school comedies you will have like the very attractive popular girl and then yeah. you'll also yeah so that's that's your megan fox character and her best friend is nerdy shy anxious character and usually when you get a sort of high school film that puts those archetypes together, it usually, you know, it'll be like a Mean Girls or something that tries yeah. to generate conflict between the two. No, this is just two very good best friends supporting each other from very different uh, backgrounds. And to give a little bit of a setup, uh, there happens to be an incident involving Megan Fox being taken away by some very gross, terrible men. And she comes back fine, but it starts to become apparent something has changed with her. Um, she is probably vampiric or succubi-esque is the best way to describe what has happened. I don't want to go too much into the specifics of where it goes, but it becomes this sort of really interesting back and forth of terrible men do what terrible men do, and Megan Fox uses the knowledge that terrible men are being terrible men to lure them into situations where recompense can happen for that. Mm. Because they're very easy to predict because they're terrible men being terrible men. Um, the reason why I talk about this film being very gay, like, there's this whole running underplot through the whole film of every time heterosexual relationships are displayed, they are either, like dangerous and bad, or just look plain uncomfortable and unenjoyed. There is no enjoyment of heterosexuality in this film. The only positive depiction of sexuality at all is between our two main characters, where there's this sort of... The best way I can describe it is, oh no, I'm trying to resist the allure of being gay. You know, oh, it's the forbidden, I mustn't, I mustn't but told through, I'm trying very hard to not monster attack you, but with mm. sexual tension all over the place. It's a fascinating, funny, weird little film. Really enjoy it. But it's, it's, it's very... I can see how trying to market this to a very mainstream audience and trying to get, like, cishet men to watch it because Megan Fox isn't wearing many clothes would lead to a lot of negative reviews. Cause it's it's very it's very gay and it's very men kind of suck. Um, the ending like is is not great, but the journey is wonderful. Um, I think it is well worth watching. This is not a film without flaws, but it is very unlike anything else I can point to, and it's a really it's really worth watching. We'll have to check this out. Yeah. It, it is one that is just... It's just passed me by, I'm afraid. Yeah, it, it's one of those that, like, looking back... Like, I know exactly how it got into the position it's in, but I really hope that film sees a resurg like a proper good resurgence someday, because it's, it's, it's got the makings of a real, like, cult classic. Hmm. Um, what about you? What have you watched that is horror-related recently? Oh, well, just before Halloween, we went to see Halloween Kills in the cinema. Ooh, how was it? Oh, it's a bad movie. Don't don't get me wrong. It's a it's a it is a bad movie, but it's 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 a great bad movie. You know, mm -hmm. it's 
it picks up after after the was it twenty eighteen the yeah, the previous yeah. pre, the previous Halloween and and um, it it is on in it see it takes itself so seriously and I I had a great time with it with a lot of unintentional laughs mm. and I just I just there is this tonal dissonance between how seriously the film wants you to take it and just how ridiculous it is and i i i genuinely i genuinely had a great time watching it i loved it um like you had there there is there is a scene where i nearly i i nearly lost it in the cinema because um you know, at the end at the end of the previous film, Michael Myers is trapped in the burning house, and the firefighters are coming to to kind of rescue whoever's whoever's in the house. They're there to put out the flames, and oh no, who steps out of that burning house? But Michael Myers with with, with one of the the whatever whatever tools that the that the f- firefighters have, and. Yeah. All of all of a sudden is they they kind of they kind of look at each other, and next thing it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna fight, and it's and it's like the the, the these firefighters they 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 go at him and like, it's it it's so it's so funny, oh, he, oh. He, if you if you want to see a film where Michael Myers kills people and it is silly as hell. It's it's a great movie. If you go in expecting anything else, you're not going to have a fun time. But there's there's so much in that movie that is just it's there's this whole through line with with um, the character of Tommy Doyle, who's the the little kid in the first in the very first movie. Him as an adult, and he's kind of kind of inciting this 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 mob to try and hunt down Michael Myers and and, and put an end to him and. He's, they're 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 there chanting evil dies tonight and it's it <laughs> it, it it tries to it tries to take itself so seriously like it's making a point and it it's so bad <laughs> yeah that's the thing that's the kind of film that you don't need to make a point it, it it's like hey look i'm here for i'm here for switch my brain off fun please provide some of that for me <laughs> Oh, you'll have if you switch your brain off, you'll have a great time with this. There is so yeah, there is so many like it's it's just ridiculous. Um, I, w- I won't I won't spoil any more of the the kills in the film because they are they are just hilarious set pieces. Um, but just oh, it's so good. It's so bad. It's so good. But I, I, I do love like, I do love the ha- Halloween movies, and I think that there, there is, there is, it's a testament to how, to how just, just how, how much people really like Michael Myers as a character. He has a, he's got a an appeal a, and a long-standing kind of kind of draw, and mm. you know he's he's. He's very much a blank slate in in a lot of ways, and I think I think I think the movie gets that. And there's not there's not much to him at all. Mm. He's he's a guy in a mask. He he does he does a stab, and there's almost no rhyme or reason to it. And any time 
anytime any film any film in the series tries to kind of put put its own spin on on the whys or or what motivates them kind of falls apart a little and i think that was it's probably one of one of the reasons why rob zombies movies didn't didn't quite didn't quite click it's like you know we didn't need a tragic backstory for the character to mm. explain anything it's it's kind of like over explaining things kind of kind of ruins the mystique and i think a character like michael myers is just all the the best characterization of him we get is like the way when he kills somebody he will just kind of like look and you know tilt the head like he's kind of confused or yeah like you know like you know the way a, a confused dog will tilt their head kind of mm. like he it's, does that and yeah. it's like he's it's like he doesn't even know why he's doing it it's just it's, it's just it's the the constant like problem with ongoing horror series where they feel the need to drip feed more and more origin story to a recurring villain that really doesn't yeah. need it and if anything it kind of gets worse the more you know about them yeah i think i think that uh, that is that is something that they the most recent films kind of kind of got right at least and yeah. at the same time as well i i I also finally watched um, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Oh, that's such a good bad film. It's a bad it is... film, but it's great. Yeah. I can... It, mm. there's, there's a great um, like Easter egg in, the new, in Halloween Kills where, where the, 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 the original three masks from, from Season, Season of, of the, the Witch, Witch. Yeah. like you, you get to see them in the in the in the movie, the kids are wearing them, and it's it's great. But uh, oh, honestly, yeah. like, um, my my lovely wife Jane, uh, season of the witch, I I believe she said before is her favorite like Halloween film, and I'm like, I I kind of want to agree. It's not, it's not a good film. I love it as a film. It's it's, it's it is so. It's it's another it's another really bad movie. But it's fun. Exactly. It, it's just completely. I, I finally seeing it. I can tell why people didn't quite like it. That they they wanted they wanted more Michael Myers. And I I kind of liked the I kind of liked the idea of of the Halloween as an anthology series. Yeah. Because like here's the thing. I know this is still about Halloween as a season, but that that. For anyone who doesn't know, the idea was that this was always going to be a series of uh, horror films that were, like, about different villains and set during different holidays, and that was going to be its whole gimmick. And even though this one's set at Halloween, I'm like, yeah, I could see something like this working if they'd made it like a, like a, um, uh, what's the holiday? Like a St. Patrick's Day or something. You could have fit that energy in, like... This is like this sells me on the idea they could have done a lot of very different tones in an anthology with this. Hmm. Uh, it can I tell you about a good bad horror film I watched? Oh, I'd love to hear it. Okay, so I watched a film uh, from two thousand six. It is a French film that is only available subtitled. That is called Poltergeist. So Okay, I'm with you. Okay, so 
young couple just got married, have moved into a big opulent house in France, and they're, you know, wondering, why is it so cheap? What's, you know, how can we afford this big, expensive, fancy house? And horror movie stuff starts happening. But it's horror movie stuff happening set to Boney M's Rara Rasputin. Just imagine, like, you know, your typical ghost setup, but just... Ra ra Rasputin, <laughs> just like haunting through the through the holes as it does so. The the conceit is that this big house used to have a seventies uh, gay bar in the basement, and there was a unexpected fire and and some people died, and now the house is haunted by a family of gay ghosts. Um. The movie is in part about trying to help this main character become more comfortable with gay people and like go hey what why is it you're so scared of gay people huh um it it is it has a really nice mix of like um clever writing and like physical humor that is kind of enjoyable the cast of gay ghosts managed to avoid a lot of stereotypes i would fear that something like this would stumble into. There is a good variety of different kinds and ages and varieties of kinds of gay people represented. And ultimately, it has a really sweet ending. I'm not going to say it's not... I'm not going to say it's not in a couple of places a little bit iffy. Go in bracing for the fact this is a mid-2000s film with the concept being, haha, gay people are in a horror setting. Hmm. But it does some really fun stuff with, like, playing with horror setups to pay off into humour. And I think this is a conversation I think we had when we did the last one of these, where we talked about that that thin line between horror and humour, where they're both about setting up and then subverting expectation. Yeah. And I think what this does well when it's doing things well is it does a horror setup and then really subverts the expectation in a few places by sometimes going to a punchline rather than a scare. And it alternates back and forth, which it uses in a way that keeps you on your toes a little bit. Um, My biggest issue with the film is I wanted it to be something it wasn't. And I I don't think this is a particularly highbrow film. I don't think anyone's going to care too much about, like, me talking about this in spoiler sense. This film really seemed like it was setting up for a slam dunk to be about hey, why can only this man see the ghosts and his wife can't? It really seemed like they were building up to a he's gay and he needs to accept it and only gay people can see the gay ghosts was where it was going. And it didn't. And where it went was fine. But it was a, it was, it was one of those, like, you've got such a slam dunk opportunity here that just never gets paid off. But, yeah, the... It's not a bit, it's not the spookiest thing in the world by a long shot, but it's it's a fun use of horror tropes and horror concepts, often paid off in unexpected ways, clearly from someone that likes horror as a genre and knows how to play around in that space. It is an interesting film that I would say like Let's say you 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 you're with friends and you're wanting something silly and ridiculous to put on. You can all have a bit of a a bit of a laugh about afterwards. Hmm. Yeah, this is probably a good watch. Don't go in being like I'm going to sit and pay attention to this a hundred percent and it's like looking for a great film. 
But it was an unexpectedly good time. It's one of those films that I put on with friends being like, oh, this'll be, this'll be, this'll be a bit ridiculous, we'll have a laugh while it's on, and got kind of invested in it. Like, we had an emotional response to it, which is more than I would have expected out of something called Poltergay. Yeah. Yeah. It, interesting, that fun. interesting, you flawed little film. What, uh, what, is, what is the horror genre, but nothing but... Interesting yeah. and fun. <laughs> I think um, that, I think that's why so yeah. many people love it. It's it's exactly it it, I, it is a genre of multitudes. We have very yeah. serious, somber horror movies and very silly ones, and yeah. it can run the gamut. Indeed, it's it feels like horror in the same sense that something like um, Cabin in the Woods is horror. It's like yeah, it's horror, but it's also comedy playing in the horror space. Yeah. Um, yeah, what about you? Have you watched anything else? Uh, the only other thing that I've watched off the top of my head is In the Tall Grass, which is... Ooh. it's an As far as I understand, it's an adaptation of a Stephen King um, short story. I think it's a short story. I'm not sure. I should, mm. have, dub- I should have double-checked before I started this. But <laughs> um, it's from the director of, of Cube... If you ever, if you've ever seen the movie Cube, no, tell me. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about Cube. Oh, Cube is fantastic. It, it, that is that is a movie that I would highly recommend without reservation. It's it's so good. It is. It is about these people who wake up in a cube, and like if you if you can if you can imagine a cube. And there is there is a porthole or doorway on every mm. side of the cube, and once you go through the, one of those doorways, it goes to an, an identical room. So it's a series of these very oh. cubular cubular rooms, mm. and they are filled with traps and <sighs> all sorts of deadly things. So yeah. they're trying to figure out which rooms are safe, which rooms aren't. And why they're in there. Yeah. Okay, this sounds it's like marvelous. my kind of jam. That's the kind of thing I really... I enjoy a good one of those every now and then. It's been years since I saw it, but it was... It was a delight. The, it spawned a number of sequels then, but they're, they're, they're not good. So <laughs> They're really not good. Um, but I do... I. I kind of had a little soft spot for the second one, which I don't. I I do not recommend watching the second one. It's it's, it's not good. But it starred, uh, I believe. Um, oh, what, how, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name exactly. Gerant Win Win Davies. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm not sure on pronunciation either, but I yes. He was. He was. I, I had a soft soft spot for that movie just because he was in it, and he was in a show that I loved as a kid called um, Forever Night, where he played a vampire who was who was working on on night shift as a cop. Mm. And it's it's delightful. It also, it it ha- it kind of holds up in that kind of weird nineties kind of kind of kind of way, but it was it was good stuff. I loved it. It's, so, 
Uh, anyway, I'm 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 losing yeah, so track we, of yeah, myself so, as So that brings us back to In the Tall Grass. Yes, because yeah. that that's from the director of Cube. Mm. And it's about some people who get lost in grass. I mean I've seen that used as a set piece within horror stuff before, so this is the whole I can it's see how that being the same director, yeah, is you're in a big field where it's too tall for you to like look over and see where you're going. Yeah. And what could be out there, who knows? Kinda turns out that maybe maybe this field, the grass itself, is conscious and oh. they keep they keep going getting lost and can't find their way back to the road or anything. And it's it's okay. It's an okay movie. I watched it but Yes, it was it was fine. It, it it's one of those movies where I don't really have anything bad to say about it, mm. but it just it just wasn't all that. It's not it's not bad. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. it it seems like that director, like from the sounds of it, had an I a thing he he knew how to do once. I'm lost in a place and I don't know the way out. And then tried to do it again and maybe didn't land as much. Maybe. I I could see why yeah. he was he was a good fit for the movie. Yeah. But it it just it mm. I keep comparing it to Cube and I think that might be the problem because if you if you want if you've seen the the original Cube um you know, a lot of the people tra- who are trapped there together also have secrets from each other. Mm. And aside from the very, very obvious turn with Patrick Wilson's character, the, there's there's none of that. It's meh. Mm. Well, uh, if that's everything we've watched, we move on to stuff we've played that is horror related. Oh, most definitely. Oh, so the main thing I have this week that I've played that is horror-y, and I kind of want to talk about it in not-spoilery terms here, and then maybe we circle back to it at the end so we can talk a little spoilery, because I have spoilery thoughts about it. I played through Inscription. I've also played Inscription. I still need to finish oh, it. Okay, okay. In that case, I will avoid I will avoid spoilery thoughts for now, but... Inscription's a real good video game. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, it just is so I have a sense marvelous. of where you're at in it. Um, are you in the first act? The third the, act. The th- you're think. in the third act. Okay. That's that gives me a good sense of, of of where you're at. Right. So yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, Inscription is a a game from uh, Daniel Mullins, who is the person behind um, Pony Island and The Hex, which are both. Uh, video games that sort of play a bit with the boundaries of the game is a bit aware of you and you're having a sort of horror back and forth that will play around with your reality a little bit. Um, this game is a essentially a, tr- a trading card game uh, in, with a horror wrapping. Like, the you start the game in a creepy cabin and there is someone across the table from you sort of threatening your life if you don't play well enough. 
and you go through this sort of little roguelike presentation of here's a little map and you make choices about like oh maybe I'll go down this branch that'll get me some items I can use like without taking up a turn uh there's a path over here where I could maybe get some extra stats or some new cards but the whole way through there's these little horror narrative things starting to surround you such as I think a very early one to talk about is some of your cards will talk to you and they seem to be aware of what's happening and not enjoy being sacrificed to get other cards out for example mm. um yeah what is what what are you thinking about it so far how you, how you getting on with it oh i have i've been adoring it and i i need to go back and finish it because it's 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 been it's been terrific but um i loved i loved the atmosphere of it it's so when we say you're, you're you're in a cabin and you're physically looking across the table at something, you can kind of you can get up and move around the cabin. It's like it has this whole little escape room kind of set up within the cabin. It's it's very it's very well done. But yeah. The, but the thing that really really makes the game for me is that it is. It's not just this fantastic meta experience, kind of like mm. the like. That's that's great. Yeah. You getting down to the brass tacks of the gameplay. It is a terrific kind of deck building roguelike. At that that first act, at least. Yeah, it is so good. Yeah, like I think that it's very clear that. This game was created by someone who has a real love for um, multiple real-world TCGs and sort of an understanding of the mechanics that make different TCGs interesting. Like, mm. I, I don't want to sound like this is entirely a pastiche. It does its own things mechanically with that card game yeah. stuff. But, like, there is definitely stuff that if you've played other TCGs you'll be familiar with. Like, there's a little bit of the Yu-Gi-Oh! style. Some creatures are able to be placed out for free, but others need sacrifices of existing creatures on the board to get them out. You've got stuff like um, a Magic the Gathering-esque sort of mana system for some stuff where you need a specific resource pooled to get your creatures out. Hmm. You've got some of the latter years Yu-Gi-Oh stuff of uh, where you place your card in lane placement affects what it can do. Uh, there's a little bit of sort of Hearthstone-y style effects in how some of the cards come out. And they manage to meld these all in a way that feels its own and doesn't feel overly cluttered. Like, it feels like a really solid yeah. TCG experience. It's It's marvellous. Yeah, and without getting too much into spoilers, I think that one thing it does really well is it changes up just enough those mechanics at about the right pace that it stops things from ever getting either too repetitive or too easy. Hmm. I think that the number of tools you have available to you will often lead to, at a certain point, you realising, oh, I've found a really good combo that I can completely steamroll for a while with. And at about when you're discovering that is usually when the game goes, okay, we're going to change something up to throw a wrench in that and make you rethink how that works. Yeah. 
which I really enjoy. It's a real good game. It is. And, oh, that third act you're in now has some of the most interesting fourth wall meta stuff in the game is in there, and it's Mm. real impressive. Yeah, I need I need to sit down and and finish it. Yeah, I'm currently I currently been playing Dark Souls two. Ooh, how Um, how far in are you at the moment? I'm pretty far in. I've been I've that's what I've been streaming the past three weeks, and it's so good. I think I think that that not not exactly a horror game, but there are certainly elements in there. I find I find this. the the Dark Souls, the formula, is slightly mm. reminiscent of kind of survival horror in oh, general. One hundred percent, yeah. You have you have that you know in the in the sense that you have you have a safe room in a in a survival horror yeah. game. This kind of you kind of get that that level of tension and release yeah. and uh, uh, yeah and. I think, like, obviously the mechanics are different, but you've got that whole thing of, I know that a single enemy could be enough to be a problem. Yeah. Anytime you turn a corner, there could be something that's a problem. You're constantly a bit cautious, and anytime you do interact with something, you'd better you'd better be ready for it. Like, you might want to make sure all your resources are ready before you turn that corner if you know you're going to have to fight something around it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it does some. It it it's the one. It's the one Souls game that I that I played the least of, and I wanted to revisit it because I never never really gave it a chance. I think, mm. and I'm having a wonderful time with it now, and it has some amazingly atmospheric and spooky moments, especially in this the one area where uh, it's No Man's Wharf, and there's a pirate ship and. Uh, this is fantastic. In the darker areas, you have to go around kind of lighting these um, lighting torches and or, or braziers. And there are enemies there that are really nasty and sound horrible. Really, really horrible, chittering creatures that are terrifying and they do bleed effects on you. And it's, 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 it's really tense. It gets probably one of the most tense experiences I've had in any Souls like at all any Souls game and they're terrified of, of light so you can you can have a if you have a torch handy you can kind of kind of stave them off and they'll, they'll be like they'll be retreating from you it's, it's marvellous oh, shivers down my spine just <laughs> Um, hey, is there anything else you've been playing horror-wise? Because um, I, no, I could, I could go for a little, a little. Bit. Oh no, go, go a little longer if you've got more. Uh, well, oh, while I, while I pop, while it pops into my head, the last time we did this, I was talking about a game that I was playing called World of Horror. And I mentioned, oh yes, yes, because I need to, I need to put out an update on this because I said at the time, it's in early access. Yeah, wasn't it that it hadn't had an update in a very long time? It had, it had not been updated in, I think over, over well over a year, 
and I I kind I kind of put this caveat up up front when I was saying I'd, I would recommend this, but keep in mind that it is in early access and it has not been it it hasn't been updated in a long time. And while I would recommend it for what it is as it is currently, that is something to bear in mind. But the the developer has has since said, hey, I'm I'm here. I'm sorry, it's been a rough year. But we'll I'll have I'll have a new we have an update soon. Oh yay so That happened like literally like the very next like during during the same few days that within a few days of this the last podcast going live. So I am really excited about that and, and very happy to report some something something positive there. So that's Yay, that's I'm, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear a game that you were enjoying is is still happening. Uh, have you got anything else that you've played, or should we move on uh, to listened? Dusk. That was that was something else. Because uh, that got released on Switch, and I was playing it on PC though. But because mm. it was getting a big release on Switch, and it was like just it's just before Halloween. I wanted to go back to that as well and do some Dusk, which is yeah. a marvellous game. Have you had a chance to play this? Um, I've started and I've not had enough time to properly dig into it, but I have heard nothing but positive things about it. It is so good. And um, I, was, I was really happy to play that again, because that, 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 is, that is something I, like, I keep coming back to every so often. Uh, it's a game that I that I bought way back in when it was in early access, and I think I had this 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 um, thing where I keep restarting it. So I played the first the first chapter like a few times and never really got any further. So I'm I'm further in the game now than I have been before. But yeah, um, that's because I think since whenever it updated, I think my the save files were since it was in early access they weren't uh, compatible anymore uh. and I think so I, so I just kind of oh, it's okay I'll start again that's fine and just it's 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 so good it has a Yay. great great atmosphere to it and oh this is horrible horrible um Invisible enemies that leave bloody footprints or some uh, is it footprints? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And they they make a horrible noise when when you when you actually hit them and they become visible again and they're like <laughs> don't like it. <laughs> but marvelous. And I was also so I was replaying Mundown, which mm. is. A, game that came out earlier this year and given it given the chance i will i will not shut up about it so have you seen this one uh no i haven't tell me all about it oh it's it's a it bills itself as a lovingly hand-penciled horror tale and so all of the textures in the game are hand-drawn by pencil and it, it has this this really really distinct look to it where it's it's got this this kind of kind of monochrome 
sketched look. And it, it the art style, it works really well. It's, it's a gorgeous looking game. And it's got this, it's, it's a fantastic kind of folk horror story where mm. your, your mate, your character is, is, um, Curden, um, and he, he gets a letter from the priest of this, uh, this tiny village in the Swiss Alps called, called Mundown, where mm. you, you, your grandfather has been, has died. Um, we 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 buried him. He's we're, we're really sorry, uh, but there's no there's no reason for you to come. So naturally, you're 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 on the bus to Mundown, and trying to figure out what's what this this is suspicious. What's what's happened here? And. Right from the outset, you get you you get the sense you're being watched. There's somebody watching you from as the bus is coming in. Mm. And I went into the game kind of expecting something that it. it I can't, I I don't want to say walking simulator because that's used in a very pejorative fashion yeah. but but more of a more of a first person narrative title and i thought oh yeah i'm into that and kind of but every step the game uh kind of exceeded my expectations in mm. in a lot of ways because it's it's more of a survival horror um once the first enemies start showing up you you are you are given the tools to defend yourself it has it is a they're they're there are puzzles that you'd expect from from a classic survival horror, of course. And you know, you get a gun later on, and there is there is this little this little truck, the Movel, and you get to drive the truck, and it's like it's so much more there's so much more going on mechanically, and it's like, oh no, this this isn't this isn't just a first person narrative game. This is this is full bore survival horror, and there's there's a lot of ways to deal with the enemies in the game. Like you can, you can melee them with your pitchfork, or you can. There there are bales of hay kind of lying around. You can set fire to them and catch them in the fire. It's or or run them over in the truck. It's like, I I was genuinely surprised that it even worked because it 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 wasn't something I expected from the game. But yeah. no, I can I, I can get in my truck, and I can run them. I can run them over. Oh, it's marvelous, and the, the fantastic plot. So you you find you find your grandfather's barn, where where he supposedly he died in in a fire, and only find his his body is still in there. So, well. We're, happened you have to go confront the priest who what did they bury or what's what's happened and you you see a shadowy figure off again and it's 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 marvelous oh it's got it hits that that kind of that kind of folk horror that um you know you, you get in um the wicker man you know that sort of a horror 
like somebody goes to a kind of rural area there's some interesting mm. customs and things and all of the spoken dialogue is in romance which is like a kind of a minority language in in switzerland mm. so it's it's actually you know it's what's spoken yeah. in this in this rural area and it's it's fascinating. It's ha- the game has so much character, and oh, so I'm I'm replaying it at the at the moment to try and get some get some footage so that I can make a video about it because I am not enough people know about this game and it's 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 it exceeds expectations, and I'm I'm I just wanted to. Yeah, I don't want to say too yeah. much about it because there's a lot. That it, there's a lot of things that it could do sp- spoilery, but it it does so many interesting things mechanically. I I love it. Like there's a, there's a whole there's a whole section where where you can you can make coffee, and like you you fetch the water from from mm. the from the um from outside. Put it, put it on to boil, and uh, you put um, wood in into the into the stove. Use up your matches to to kind of light light it. Make yourself coffee, and it 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 increases your you your your ability to withstand fear. Like so, you kind you kind of have this debilitating fear that's happening when when enemies are around. Run down fantastic i highly recommend checking it out if you want to see a really really unique survival horror game uh yeah so the last thing i want to talk about is i want to talk about a thing i listened to that i haven't listened to in a while and i went back and re-listened to and i really enjoy um it's a podcast called within the wires uh very specifically this yeah, so very specifically the first season of it. Um, so, are you aware of a podcast uh, from years back called uh, Welcome to Night Vale? Yeah, yeah I've, I've yeah. heard of it. I haven't, I haven't yeah. listened to it. So, the people who made Welcome to Night Vale made another podcast that is considerably less well-known uh, called Within the Wires. And the first season of it is maybe 12 episodes long and is a sort of self-contained story and then... I didn't get on so well with later seasons. Um, they're, they're similar. They're, they're a very similar concept, not done quite as well. Um, but the first season, the general concept is that it starts off being presented as a series of um, just very, very genuine relaxation tapes. You know, talking you through like breathing exercises and uh, body mindfulness and uh, you know. Those those kind of relaxation techniques. And the mm. further it goes in, the more it starts layering little bits of, oh, someone outside of whatever setting you are in is making little alterations to these tapes to try and get messages to you. And oh. it starts building out the description of the world that your character is in because it's all done very first person speaking to you the listener and it starts building like i'll I'll talk a little bit about some of the 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 very basics is like 
you get the impression you are mandated to listen to these relaxation tapes. That this okay. is something that is being forced upon you. You start getting these little hints that you are somewhere that, um, in theory, you can leave any time. But there is so much bureaucracy there, and so much, oh no, you were angry at all the bureaucracy and got frustrated, that means you're still angry, that means you need to go back and have more of the tapes played at you. Um, and it starts building this, like, very interesting picture of, like, a, 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 a situation in which someone might be might have their very justified anger held against them, and using that as a place to build fear around. Huh. And I really like that as a setup because it takes this thing that you get from the start, which is just very sincere relaxation tape material, and it gives it... Once you sort of see what it's doing, it gives all of this very sincere relaxation material a much more sinister undertone. It recontextualizes it in a way where you feel very different about the exact same material. Yeah. It's only, I think, like, 12 episodes long the first season. Like, it is not particularly lengthy. It is a, like, good, short, concise horror narrative. And it's really interesting. It's real good. Um, If you like um, Gentle Burn, like, a... Building oppressive tension. I do. And building, like... Like... If you love the idea of a very calm, relaxed voice, very gently, trying to deliver you the news that things are getting very bad around you, as to not say so in a way that other people around might hear them letting you know... Everything is very terrible, and here's what's going on. It's like, it's real, real nice juxtaposition. It's, mm. I remember why I liked it as much as I did the first time I listened to it, and I really recommend it. It's real good. I will, I will have, whenever, whenever I, I manage to, to remember and make time, I'll have to, yeah. I'll have to listen to some of the podcasts you're recommending, because I said I was going to check out the one you mentioned last time, and I can't. I can't remember. Uh, the Magnus Archives. That's the one. <laughs> I, I completely. Um, I don't know. Just slipped my mind. Bra- brains are like that sometimes. Yeah. Mm. So if if I get a chance, this still sound very cool. Yay. Um. So yeah, that's what I've been listening to. Uh, did you have any other horror bits you wanted to pop on for this week, or should we start wrapping up? I think I think this is a good, yeah. a good note to end it on. Lovely. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to another little uh, horror horror chat from us. Um, Casey, where can people find you? On Twitch.tv/CaseyExplosion. Or at Casey Explosion on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Laura K Buzz in most of the places. Just search Laura K Buzz, you'll find me. So, shall I bid you adieu? <laughs>